I do. Can you guys hear me okay? Something's... I'll let them work on that. I'll just keep moving. How about that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a powerful, precious time we have had thus far today. Just precious. Because it's not everywhere we can go. It's not every gathering of the saints. Not every body of believers that we can be in and experience the tangibility of God's glory the way that we have here today. What a privilege it is. What a privilege it is. We would be amiss not to recognize, not to recognize where we are and what we have right in front of us. I'm so grateful to God and absolutely don't take this moment, the privilege, lightly to stand here as a yielded vessel that God would choose to use to speak his word today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us just go before the Lord in prayer. We're getting some feedback, Rico. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We're so grateful, Father God. So grateful. Words cannot express how grateful we are to be in your presence, Lord. To know that you love us so much. To know that we are your children. To know that we are in the right place. To know that we are in the right moment. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today. Not just to speak your word, Father, but to receive your word, your truth. Thank you, Father God. None of me, Father God, and all of you, Father God. Father God, I choose to surrender and be a yielded vessel in your hands, Lord God. Speak your word, Father God. Speak your word. Let it be, Father God, as you have said. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you and give you praise for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, on yesterday, we were in our leaders' meeting. And um, again, another powerful time in the presence of the Lord. And several things were, were said on yesterday that in particular, one thing hit me, struck me in my spirit and um, that God began to speak to me about. And um, even on today, as we've come, here to the sanctuary of the Lord. It's just so beautiful how God does things. And speaking to us even in the circle this morning, how he's calling our attention 
to where we are. And I don't mean that in the physical sense. I really mean that where we are supernaturally, along the timeline, the supernatural time, God's supernatural timeline of things, where we are, calling our attention to some things that are important and that cannot be ignored, especially because of what he has been doing in and amongst us. And I'm sure that we're not the only, in particular, individuals in the kingdom of God. God is moving all over the world, but I know what he is doing in me, in us, and in the body here. And he began to say, even as one of the things that Minister Curtis mentioned, he talked about an urgency that uh, in a dream that he had had and how he was uh, trying to get people to see how urgent and important it was that they make a move. He had that word to deliver and he was trying to get across to them that they needed to move, that they needed to receive, they needed to open their eyes and see. And how the Lord also went on to say that we, we, we can't any longer ignore what we know. We can't ignore what we know of him and who we know we are in him. We can no longer ignore that. And as Pastor John mentioned, that the Lord had said, in the ignoring of those things translates to a disrespect for God. How careful we need to be. How careful we need to be. See, we're not the children that we used to be. And I mean even as adults, I mean children spiritually in the things of the spirit, not even in our knowing or in our knowledge of such things. We are no longer those children that, you know, like in the natural when we're children, the adults easily explain away childish behavior. We're not those children. And it can no longer be explained away our ignoring the things that we know. We have to move forward. God is calling us higher. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to a higher place. Even in the worship on today, so beautifully connected to what God has given me to share. What we declare today in song that I belong to you. We know we're not just singing those words, I belong to you. That is a self, a self-awareness that we must come to. And only we can declare, Lord, I belong to you because we recognize who we are and where we are, and the God that we serve. I belong to you. And because I know that I belong to you, I give myself away. I give myself away. And that was only inspired by the Holy Ghost. Because I looked at the song list and it changed. Totally inspired only by God. that I give myself away. And you can only declare that in a self-aware mode. You can only declare, Lord, I give myself away when you know who you are and when you know where you are. We can only declare that when we are aware. 
And we can very freely say, Lord, here I am to worship you. Because we recognize we passed the point and totally recognize it is not about us. That we are privileged to be a part of a much larger plan. God's plan. God is so good. He's so good. When we were in the meeting yesterday, Pastor John began to talk about how it is very important for us to be comfortable with the essence of God. And when he said that word, God struck me in my spirit and that stuck with me about being comfortable with the essence of God, God's presence, his way of doing things, his, his process for doing things, and just in the way that he flows and works in us and through us, we have got to get to a point, if we're not there, we can always continue to work on that because we've never arrived until we're in the presence of the Lord. We have got to be comfortable with the very essence of that being a part of who we are, how we function, where we live, how we walk, how we behave, how we allow God to use us. We have got to be comfortable with the essence, the very presence and meaning of God. We got to be comfortable with that and not ebbing and flowing between who we think we are, who we want to be, and then who we want to look like or be in God. We cannot do that because God has said already this morning, we've already passed that point. We are no longer children. We have to be comfortable with being immersed completely, totally surrendered to him. And we, when we're not comfortable in that, then that is where we find that in us, in the body, in people that declare to be sons and daughters of God, that, that sometimes there is obedience and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's, there's that wavering, that double-mindedness, that unstableness. Because we're not comfortable staying and being immersed in the complete essence of God. I looked up the word essence just to put some definition to it for us for the purpose of today. And... The word essence being defined in the dictionary is the individual, the real or ultimate nature of a thing. What it really is. It's also the properties or attributes by means of which something can be placed in its proper class. It can be identified by the very essence. It's the most significant element or quality or aspect of a thing or a person. So much so that it even gives off an aroma. It's recognized by its smell, by its fragrance. And when we're comfortable with the essence of God, he gives off that aroma and so do we. So do we. That is how people recognize when the atmosphere has shifted, when you have stepped into the room, when the presence of God has come on the scene. 
Because you are flowing in the very essence of your father. Wow, how beautiful it is. How beautiful it is. And when we are immersed in something, it is to, to be plunged into something and surrounded or dipped in to something. Like when you dive into a pool of water, we're completely immersed by that, surrounded by that. We need to be comfortable with that. Thank you, Jesus. You know, all of our lives from the time we were born, we've been on a journey receiving from the time we took our very first breath here naturally, deposits, deposits, examples, a programming, so to speak, if we were, you know, by our parents, our environment. Everything around us has been pouring into us to make us, so to speak, who we are naturally. You understand what I'm saying? And when we come to know who we are spiritually and in Christ, there is somewhat of a, a deprogramming that must take place. That must take place. A child imitates his father, imitates his parents, imitates what he sees around them. So, you know, the way they grow up, you know, their environment, you know, be that good, bad, whatever that is, they take that on. We take that on. And that is how, that's the example that we utilize to live out our lives. But here in the body, in this place that we have come to, we have received many deposits of truth. Truth. We've received, and by that we, we become strengthened and God has uh, been building us and strengthening us and we've been allowing him to change us and, and transform us, right? And, and cause that shift to take place in us to bring about that clarity of who we are, where we are, and where we need to be going. We've allowed God to even put us back on the potter's wheel to reform us and reshape us. That clay that was built but needed to be rebuilt, we've allowed God to do that over time. Amen? Amen. Right? And so now we know. Now we know where God is taking us and what he's doing and and, and basically what time it is. We know what time it is. We know the urgency of the work of the kingdom of God, the work that God has called us to. And we must stay focused. We must stay focused. There's a lot going on in the, in the natural realm, and that is going to continue to be. But we, we, we know that we recognize where we are when we're not continuously affected by the ebbing and flowing of what is going on in the natural world around us, that's going to continue to be. We have to stay focused on what God is doing in us. And it's important that we recognize that we are a relevant component to the process. What process? The process of what God is doing in the kingdom of God. We are a relevant component. It matters. It matters what we do, what we're not doing. We are relevant to the process. On this journey, we've come to this intersection of awakening and we absolutely know that we belong to him. 
undeniably know that we belong to him. So even though we were born by way of a physical passage, naturally born, we know that we are spiritual beings, that we were created in his image to be like him, to imitate him. And we talked about how a child imitates his father. God, our father, created us to be like him. To almost, in a sense, be like apprentice to what he is doing. To have our eyes being watchful, watching and seeing the examples that, we, that God is teaching us, and then carrying out those instructions. We talked about receiving instructions this morning. So God has given us, he's called us to follow the instructions. And if we're imitating our father, we're carrying out the instructions that he has given us. So we know that even though we are spiritual beings, because we live in this physical world and in this physical body, that there are struggles at times sometimes to carry out the mission. Okay, so I was talking to God about that and he was just ministering to me through this and studying and preparing for today and, you know, he began to, to, to show me an analogy, kind of a type, a shadow, an example um, in the Old Testament. He said, well, I said, well, Lord, why, why, why is this? And I think even in our meeting yesterday, someone was asking, why is this that there is this... Um, this double-mindedness, this unstableness, and, you know, the Lord just kind of took me back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. And began to show me what he has done through his son, Jesus. So let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And just follow me here for a moment. Be patient. A little bit of reading here, but it's important. It's very important to connect what God is giving us today and what he is needing us to see. And I know that we're very familiar with the beginning, but I want you to step back for a second and not be so familiar because God wants to show us something here and it begins that in verse 1, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, and then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and so the evening and the morning were the second day. And I'm saying by this time, Lord, okay. And then it goes on to say that, then God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So by this time, we're recognizing that God is powerful because what he says is happening. He says it, and it is done. All right, so I'm getting that. And then in verse 10, it says, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree 
that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Now I'm beginning to notice this, that God is very meticulous. He's very careful. He's very detailed about what he is doing and how he's doing it and also the order in which it is being done. He's very purposeful in what he is doing. Because after he, in his creation or speaking forth, whatever it is that he is creating, he has a purpose in that. He steps back, checks that out, and sees that it is good. Okay, let's move on. Okay? In verse 14, then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days. See, every single thing has a purpose. Every single thing has a purpose. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. He had it all worked out. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. All the details and the purpose. God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. I just want you to bear with me through two more days. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Living creatures. And let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. Again, the purpose. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. In verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle according to its kind, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And in verse 26, God paused and said, let us make man in our image. See, he didn't make man after man's natural kind. God made man in his image according to to our likeness, he said. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the purpose, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves 
on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you, it shall be for food. And so God gave man purpose to be fruitful and to multiply. And when we study this, we see this naturally, to be fruitful and to multiply. God wants to show us today how we need to see that spiritually. To be fruitful and to multiply. Now, when God created us in his image, the dictionary says that the image is a visual representation of something, a likeness, an object that's produced like in a photographic material. Like when we take a picture of an image, when we look at that picture, we expect to see exactly what we took a picture of. God created us and his image. And in his likeness moving and doing in such a way as he does. An exact likeness, a resemblance. We should resemble God. When people look at us, when people see us, when people experience us, we should resemble God. And we were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. We need to be careful about pushing our agenda as opposed to pushing God's agenda. People should recognize that we are the children of God. We should resemble God. He gave man dominion, the power, the authority to rule, to govern, and to control in a sense of having responsibility for those things. Now what I want to back up to and what the Lord brought my attention to was just what he mentioned back in verse 12. He said, the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed, we all know that fruit has seed. That's how we can identify and tell the difference between a vegetable and a fruit, right? In the natural. Well, fruit has seed. For what purpose is the seed? To reproduce the fruit or the plant or the tree or the vine from which it came. To reproduce after its kind. That is the purpose of the seed and the fruit that's on the vine, that's on the branch, that's connected. That is the purpose. So as we look at this in a spiritual sort of way, and not to take anything out of context or change the way we've learned or looked at this uh, before in a physical way so that we understand how creation was made, not that. God wants to open our understanding and show us how he connects things and how his purpose continues to move forward from the beginning all the way to where we are today. So that fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind, according to its kind, And then the Lord began to talk to me about, well, whose kind are we? We are his kind. We are his kind. And in in this scenario, who's the tree? God's the tree. God, in a resemblance to what he's done here in the beginning, sent his son Jesus to be the vine, just as he is resembling here the tree. And he began to talk to me about 
how we are, Scripture talks to us about we are the branches connected to the vine. And how Jesus, and we're going to go there, Jesus began to talk to his disciples about the vine, I'm sorry, the branches being connected to the vine. And how he expected the branches to produce a fruit. Let's go over there. John chapter 15. I'm like, whoo, by this time he was blowing my mind. I'm like, Lord, I'm like, why, why don't we get it? Why haven't we got it? That's okay. In his time, in his time, God has a way of revealing what we need, when we need it, for the purpose and time and the season that we need it. So I'm grateful. So we're going we're gonna to look into John chapter 15, but... Um, before we go there, just to kind of give a little backdrop, and I know that we have studied this before, and there's a lot here. There's an awful lot here. We're just going to um, pull a couple of excerpts to help us kind of understand the background, where we're at, and then also where God is lifting us to. Um, Jesus, um, the disciples and Jesus were gathered, and this was after a foot washing, and Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for the time that he would depart this place and beginning to explain to the disciples that, you know, where I'm going, you know, you can't go, but you know how to get there. And that, you know, the, um, that the enemy was coming, but he didn't have anything on him, not anything that he could pin to him. But one thing, and I found interesting as I was kind of going and reviewing the backdrop here, um, Peter stepped up and said, he said, well, and he, Jesus said, where I go, you know, you know the way. And he said that I am the way and the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my father. So they begin to ask questions as if they hadn't been walking with Jesus all this time. He said, well, what do you mean? We don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get where you're going. Well, you know, they're like, and we get like that sometimes. We get forgetful of the experience, don't we? We get forgetful of the experience, remembering what God has done and where he's brought us from and you know, the, the, the miracles and seeing his hand move, not just in the lives of others, but in our lives. And we start asking questions, well, look, like we don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord. And in verse 9, he said, I'm just backdropping in chapter 14. Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say Show us the Father. He's been telling them this all along. <laughs> he said, do you not believe me? Do you not believe that I am the Father? And the Father is in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. So it's like, you don't, you don't believe everything that you've been seeing. We've been walking together. I've been teaching you. You've, been, you've had firsthand examples, information in my presence, seeing it all firsthand, and you still asking these kind of questions. <laughs> God's saying that to us today. We've seen firsthand who he is, and we still sometimes function like we don't trust him, like we don't really know who he is. See, that's part of the constant. We have to remain conscious that we naturally cannot help but to operate sometimes from a, a natural way of doing things. So we have to remain subject to the deprogramming process. We have to. It's a must. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive in verse 17 because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. We know him. And he dwells in us. And so when we are out and God is using us 
to, to minister or to affect someone's life. Sometimes, like Brother Curtis was saying this morning, they can't see it. They can't see it. But we see and we know. So just, God just said to me, just for us to continue to be sensitive and to use wisdom in allowing him to use us and continue to imitate God's love. Jesus said that as he was commanded, he said, as I am commanded, so do I. Are we saying that as we are commanded, commanded by the Father? The instructions given to us through the Son, that so do I. Are we saying that? So as we know that that's where we are, that Jesus was preparing his disciples because he was leaving, and saying that he is sending a helper that he would be with us always, the Holy Spirit would be indwelled in us and empower us to carry out the instructions. Okay? So in chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus begins to say, because we are connecting this to what, where we were in Genesis chapter 1 and in verse 12, the tree and the fruit bearing after its kind because the fruit had seed in itself to do so. The fruit didn't have to create its own seed. All right? So in verse, chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. So he begins to explain to his disciples how he is that plant that is in the earth that gets Cultivated by the Father because he's the vine dresser. He is the vine. And then he goes on in verse 2 to say that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And sometimes, even in the natural, there is a branch, there is a part of a tree or a vine or whatever for some reason does not bear fruit. It ends up withering and dying eventually. Even in the church, those that were connected to the vine at one point, for whatever reason, didn't pollinate, didn't produce, reproduce that fruit. And when you don't stay connected to the vine, then everything that comes up from the vine to the branch to provide the nourishment that is needed to produce the fruit, if you don't stay connected, death is inevitable. That's just the way it is. And continuing in verse 2, he goes on to say, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. The father prunes, cuts back. Why? That can be painful. We understand that sometimes. But there is a purpose in that, that it may bear even more fruit. Bear even more fruit. And sometimes when the plant, the vine, the flower, whatever it is, is pruned, it doesn't feel good, nor does it look pretty. Because sometimes it can look like it got chopped up. My grandmother would look out when my cousin would cut the bushes in the back. And why did you chop that bush up like that? You know, because it was all, you know, and he goes on to explain he's pruning and cutting it back so that in the time of production, in the time of harvest, it can bring forth a full harvest of fruit. So the fruit and the seed and the branch that the fruit is connected to. So we're understanding and seeing now this process. Thank you, Father. In verse 3, he says, you are already clean 
because of the word which I have spoken to you, how we continue to be washed, prepared, strengthened, built up by the word. Abide in me. He's given them instructions. Abide in me, which just very simply means to remain in me. Don't cut yourself off. Don't detour. Don't do anything fancy. Just abide in me and I in you. As the branch, this is very significant, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It can't bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And we talked about it's the seed in the fruit that gets reproduced after its own kind. So then when we are allowing, when we are being fruitful, the seed in us is not the seed that we produce. It is the seed from the very vine, the true vine, which is Jesus. That is the seed that is in the fruit that we are, that we are producing and reproducing and reproducing. See, we don't, it's not rocket science and we don't have to create it. It's already been created. It's in us. All we have to do is follow the instructions. Amen? Follow the instructions. And then the seed that will come from the fruitfulness of our lives will look like where it came from, Jesus. It's going to produce more of us that will also be connected to the vine, that will be branches, that will bear fruit, that will have seed, and on and on and on it goes. See how significant we are in the process of what God is doing. We are so significant. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I want to skip just a little bit down to verse 16 and touch here before we move on. In verse 16, it says that you did not choose me. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you did not choose me. He said, but I chose you. He chose me. He chose you. He chose us. We think we did something. I'm so glad we're awake. Woo, glory. He said, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain. That it would be long-lasting ever connected, ever reproducing, that it should remain. Even amidst all that we have to go through on our journey, that our fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I said, man, God, so good, so good. So just as he was so methodical and detailed and purposeful in the creation way back in the beginning, how very methodical and detailed and purposeful he is and what he has called us to today. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. So if we were confused about how to put it together, I think it's beautiful that God utilizes what we lean on a lot, natural examples, to help us see things and understand things spiritually. How they, a lot of times, are one image is like another. 
so that we are able to fully see. Amen? Amen? And I think what God really wants for us today really is to be encouraged. To be encouraged in who we are and who we know that we are, where we are, what day, what season, what time we're in. He wants us to be encouraged to continue to move forward. And not just like we've been moving forward. He wants us to be able to move forward in a knowing and in a confidence of knowing, okay, I know what time it is. I know what time it is and I know the importance, the urgency of where it is we, I am and what it is I must do. So this is our last scripture and then we're going to wrap it up. Ephesians chapter 6. So as I mentioned, I do believe that God just wants to encourage us. Because he's given us everything that we need. Everything we need. We have that. Thank you, Lord God. So in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start at verse number 10. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified, but just because I like the way that it breaks down and adds additional detail to the scripture. And in verse 10, it begins that, in conclusion, because he's been, he's been talking about children obeying your parents and uh, giving instructions as to how we are to behave um, no matter in what role we are walking in, okay? Children, parents, um, uh, as we were talking about yesterday, servants slash slaves and masters, what have you. So in verse number 10, in conclusion, he says, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union in him, in, with, through your union with him, and in the power of his boundless might. See, if we don't stay connected to the vine, then we lose the power that we need to move forward to be effective on this journey. Not for us, but for him. In verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil, that we are to purposefully, intentionally pick up and put on that which God has provided for us to utilize to be successful, okay? In verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We understand our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. He says, therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And I didn't say it at the beginning of this message, but what he told me to call it was to stand in it. Stand in it. He said, so that we're able to resist and stand our ground in the evil day. And having done everything that the crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground. Hold your ground. God is telling us today to stand in it. Stand in it. Having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace and preparation to face the enemy, 
with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news we've been preparing, we prepare every day through the word, through connection, through the very essence and being immersed in the presence of the Lord. He said, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I found that interesting for a moment, just a touch here. How in the world could they extinguish those flaming arrows of the evil one? See, the Roman soldiers, they fought with flaming arrows. They would light those, those arrows on fire and shoot them a great distance to cause great damage. And so the Roman soldiers, they would prepare shields of many, many, many layers of leather or of a material that they would soak in water. They would soak in water and they would come together with those shields. So when that, flyer, that fiery arrow hit that shield, it would be extinguished. That is the picture that God is giving us here. So that the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And what is the water in which our shield is dipped in? The water of the word. The immersion of his presence. To be immersed, dipped in, dived into his presence. We can't do it without the tools that he has given us. In verse 17, he says, to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So he's saying to us today, church, to suit up. Suit up and mount up. Because he is calling us to stand in it. Stand in it what? What we know. Stand in truth. Stand in revelation. Stand in what he has shown us of who we are and who he is. We have no more excuses. Not in him. Because he's taught us, shown us, been deliberate with us. He's calling us up to step up, to go higher, to come higher, to come higher, to come higher, to come higher. Let's stand up, church. Stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're so grateful. Grateful for you loving us. Loving us so much. Father God, for giving us everything that we need. Thank you for an awareness, for an awakening, for opening our eyes and our ears to see you even more, to know you even more, to see the connections that you want us to see so that all of this that we've taken in makes sense to us spiritually because to the natural mind it does not Father thank you for helping us to receive it in our spirits helping us to hear it with our spiritual ears and see it with our spiritual eyes thank you Lord God for preparing us and giving us what we need to suit up, to mount up and to go forward, to be effectual and to be used purposefully, to be fruitful, reproducing after you, because you are the kind from which we have come. Thank you, Father God. Continue to give us wisdom in representing you, and being an ambassador for you in the earth as we continue to 
loose the call to those that are lost, hurting, broken, misled. Thank you, Lord. We love you today, Lord. We love you. Thank you for loving us so much. Strengthen us today, Lord, as we continue to move forward. Help us to continue in the instructions in which you've given each one of us individually. In your plan, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen.